Neil, how are you? Hey guys, good. How are you? Good, good. Good. Sorry for that. We had a little technical difficulties. Our podcast director is actually out of town right now, but we were like, we are not canceling anything. We will handle it ourselves. So I was just on the phone making sure that we didn't mess it up somehow. <laughs> oh, good. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we connected because it sounds like maybe there was some rescheduling that happened. Perhaps. I don't. Uh, maybe. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad we connected. <laughs> Where are you at? Des Moines, Iowa. Okay, cool. We're in sunny San Diego. Oh, uh, good for you. <laughs> Jealous. Jealous is it's to my computer says 26 degrees today. Yeah, we've been complaining and I think our low, the lowest it's ever gotten for us is maybe like 45 or something. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Good for you guys. That's terrific. Yeah. Cool. I yeah, grew up in I'm Oklahoma a... though, so I am. Oh, I'm, I okay. Am yeah, you are there. accustomed to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, I'm excited to talk to you guys. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Awesome. I love the background. Uh, like that real grit that's your podcast yeah yeah that's awesome podcast we're in we're in in uh transition we're redoing our podcast room right now so it's not quite done yet but we are I, i'm going to do the same thing as we get into first week of march so we're doing the same thing cool is yeah, it going to be a yeah. big overhaul uh yeah audience wise yeah yes it's going to look different it's going totally commercial focus so real grit's a little more nebulous in terms of our our audience a lot of a lot of single families still, but the new one will be totally commercial focused. So it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward awesome. to it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Excited to talk thanks. to you. Thanks for having me. And um, I mean, we usually do the intro on the outside. Mm -hmm. So, yep. I mean, yep. if you're ready, we're ready. I know it's not our first rodeo, so that's good. Yeah. Well, tell me this, maybe before we jump started, yeah. uh, what can I, how can I add value to your audience, to you guys? What do you want to make sure I weave in when I talk about, uh, we, we, we touch on for your guys' benefit, for the audience's benefit? You know, um, really we focus on cash flow and generating cash flow. Mm -hmm. It's mainly real estate focused. So um, I think at this point, if there's any kind of like tools and resources, because I noticed on your website that you have a lot of those. Yeah. Um, so if there's any one thing you kind of want to promote to help people on their journey. Yep. Um, and then of course, as a syndicator, we'll kind of get into that. Cause that's one of the things that I like to preach is, Hey, if you're, you don't have the time, you don't feel like you have the expertise, yeah. you can, you can still invest and make an, yeah. a cash flow. So, yeah. Yeah. um, that's probably the biggest thing that we'll be talking about today, but I know you wrote a book and you were top in Remax, uh, when yeah. you got started and you sure. kind of like gone from single family to multifamily now to commercial. So right. there's a lot of exciting stuff there that I think will be really helpful for people. No, that sounds uh, terrific. When will this roll live? That's a good question. That's a Monty question. I'll have her email you. Uh, uh, no, 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 that's okay. Cause it just helps me. We, we, I do some stuff that uh, that's date sensitive for challenges for active investors to, from yeah. an education standpoint. So I just wanted to give some thought to how I weave that in. No problem. Sure. I would imagine it's fairly quick though, because we don't have a huge backlog. We just Got took it. a season break. Um, so I would imagine it'd be like in the next week or two. Yeah, wait a week or two. Yeah. 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 No, that sounds good. Are you guys okay if I take a picture and then post it and tag us all? Yeah, absolutely. Love it. And we get off of this. Okay, cool. I'm just going to kind of put my phone down below. All right. I, I think I got us. Actually, let me shoot one more. Perfect. Thank awesome. you. I'm ready whenever you are. Awesome. I'm just doing the same. All right. Let's go. Jump in. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Neil, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to get someone out from uh, the middle part of the country to talk about real estate and deals and all the good stuff you're doing. I'm, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to be here from, from flyover country. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah he has yeah. flyover. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All those country songs that talk about it. That's right. So Neil, just before we dive in, cause I'm excited to jump in uh, and talk about a lot of things you, if you've done and probably have going on, can you just give us a little bit of background of how you got today where you got here? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the the high the high overview. So I started in real estate in 2004. I was in banking before that. If I I encouraged my mom to get in real estate. She was a stay at home mom for myself and my three younger brothers for nearly 20 years. She didn't know what to do. I said, "You be you. You like people. You like houses. Get into real estate." So she's she's a year into it. We're 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 comparing paychecks essentially. I'm at a bank, and she makes twice what I make. 
And so I'm like, I'm in the wrong biz. So the step foot got into the uh, real estate space as an agent, quickly ascended there, became a top number one REMAX agent in Iowa in my 20s, owned a REMAX for a number of years, and then kind of stumbled my way, you know, into fixing and flipping in the single family space, and then totally got turned onto a commercial property one day. Um, and as I say, the rest is history. I feel, I finally feel like, all right, now I, now I know why I got all these experiences, everything I've done over the course of years and, you know, uh, became financially free as a result of commercial real estate. And, you know, fast forward four years from when I bought my first property. Now we're, we're, we're coming up on almost 10 assets at this point. Um, and it's been, it's been terrific. Good for you. It sounds like you've had a ton of success over the years. Um, and we have a lot of people, I think, who are trying to, we've definitely got a, an established um, group of people here listening to this, but there's also the other sector of people who are like, how do I get into this? Yeah. How do I get started? It all seems so overwhelming. How do I start? And then you have guys like, you know, Grant Cardone saying, buy as many units as you can go buy a hundred million dollar deal, your first deal. Right. And then you have guys like maybe Robert Kiyosaki who say, you know what, that's complete BS. Like right. you need to start small. What's right. kind of your philosophy and what would you say is like kind of the easiest way to get started if, if you're looking to get in the business? Yeah. Easiest way to get started and get in the business is, is get educated, right? No, no matter what it is that you want to do, get educated, get connected with somebody um, as, as best you can and find you carve your path as you go through that education you'll get you know what happens if you, you do something one time it's a little it's a nerve-wracking it's nervous it's as challenging as it ever gets second time it gets easier third time before you know it, you've, you've mastered something and so just get in and get moving if you want to be you know if you you, you know you want to be in apartments you know you want to be in industrial buildings whatever the space you want to be in is just keep moving down that path you don't have to take a you know, if you want to be in apartments, you don't need to start in single families. That's like saying, you know, start in something totally non-real estate related. Might as well. It's about it's about the same, right? If you want to be in something, get into something. And, you know, I've launched an education sector of our, you know, piece of our business last year to help folks get in, get started in this business. And so we, we do a lot of challenges for free uh, to help people, you know, if you don't know what asset class you want to be in, you don't know enough about the asset classes that even exist is start there. You know, we, we bring people through that, talk a lot about asset classes and make, you know, really get an asset class that matches somebody's goals, their objectives. Where do you want to go? Yeah. So I kind of want to go back because <laughs> I, I think as Crystal mentioned, a lot of people, they, I think they start off as a mortgage broker, a banker yeah. or a realtor. And then they're kind of like, okay, I'm going to have to keep selling homes for the rest of my life. Yeah. to make money. And then uh, how do I get off this hamster wheel? But you also started, um, actually started in the industry when I did. So I, you started as a realtor yeah. in 2004, you're a banker. I started as a mortgage uh, broker. Yeah. But my question for you is, you know, you went right into some great times and then the great times fell off a cliff Yeah, and we had a correction. So can you kind of walk us through how you made it through that transition period and when you like what got you motivated to buy your first deal and how yeah. that kind of looked? Yeah. So I, I said this, and I've said this from the, from the get-go when I became a real estate agent is uh, at the time, right? I never competed against the market. I only competed against other people. And so what got me through the 2008 financial crisis is just that. I never competed against the market. So what was happening in 2008, everything was going to, to hell in a handbasket, right? <laughs> it, is, that, is, it, is that realtors were dropping like flies? So this whole time, my competition out there was dwindling. And so 2010 as an agent was the best year I ever had. Sold over 200 homes in a year wow. because the number of agents for us in this city was at the all-time, you know, in the last 20 some odd years now, all-time low. Never seen so few agents, right? So when the market, when you can just survive the down times is that when, when things churn or when opportunities present themselves, you can thrive. And how did you, I mean, I always ask because how did, how in the world did you sell 200 homes? Like what separated you from the rest? Cause obviously there was something. Yeah. Well, a couple of things. I, I had a team structure. So um, proper leadership, proper training focused on the things that move the needle. So on the real estate side, it's, you know, same thing. If you're buying a house or buying something else, you're, you're buying apartments. It doesn't matter what you're buying. Uh, you know, how many, how many deals are you evaluating? So for us in the realtor side, it's, uh, how many buyers in front of, how many sellers in front of, how many appointments you're running, how many offers are you making? 
Same thing if you're buying property, it doesn't matter what you're buying. It's just focused on those key two to four core activities that move the needle. If I know if I do enough of this, the rest of the thing, the rest of the funnel, things fall out of the bottom of the funnel. We just close things up. That in, in my market, because you know I plug into, you know I talked about earlier, getting trained, getting educated, because I plugged in and I still do today, just in a different sector, if you will, from the, uh, real, the investment side, not the realtor side of things is I got educated. And so in my market, I was the first person to use Google ads. Wow. Uh, yeah. First person to use Google ads. <laughs> guys, you guys ready for this? This yeah. is like, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like grandpa telling the story, right? Remember way back when? when yeah. gas was <laughs> yeah. So I was getting leads, consistent leads um, for, I'm talking full form, fill out everything for somewhere between four and $6. Holy Buyers God. raising their hand. We'd, I couldn't spend enough. I mean, I was spending like five, six grand a month on this. And so we, you know, we're getting a hundred plus or minus leads every month. The buyer's raising their hand going, I'm looking for this. Here's my name. Here's my address. Here's my phone number. Here's my email. Oh, I mean, the whole nine. And so it was just, it was a machine. Yeah. Wow. And then, so, um, and then basically, I guess for a lot of people is when, when you started doing the transition, yeah. how did that look? Cause I think a lot of us play both sides of the fence, yeah. you do your business, you invest. And then yeah. you obviously decided to be like, well, I think it's time to go all in. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. No. So good question. And mine, how I got into that was, you know, I, sometimes you got to go through dark times to find the good times. And for me, it was a, it was a personal train wreck. I come home one day, I'm the number one REMAX agent. And you know, I think I'm telling myself I'm doing this for my family, doing this for my wife, my three kids. I'm working seven days a week, wow. right? I'm working, I'm working 60, 70 hours a week. I come home one day, three kids all under the age of five. Wife's got the car packed up and said, she's leaving for good. Wow. And so right then my whole world was like, uh, it, you know, ended, right? I'm going to all these things I thought I was doing and for who I thought I was doing it for, they couldn't care if I sold one more house to save my life. All they wanted was, was time. And so I pleaded with my wife, of course, to go give me, you know, I'll change, give me some time. And thank God she agreed. 45 days later, I sold my Remax and literally I was done selling houses. Whoa. Oh yeah. No, no, no. So for me, you it were was serious. Uh, yeah, I was serious because yeah. she was serious. And so something's going to have to change. And so I took a lot of time. I mean, I took a period of time off to go, what, what am I going to do now? Right. What does this look like? And I, I eventually worked my way back into real estate. The only thing I've ever been good at in my life and going, you know what, let me get in, let me invest. You know, this is like that 2011, 12 era. Let me, let me, let me, let me buy property. I mean, I know people, I know, I know a bunch of people in town. I, I can figure out how to do this. I know how to buy I, if I can buy right, meaning I know the numbers for where these things are going to sell. If I can figure out how to manage the middle, that that turn process, I think there's something to this. So I got in to single family space and worked that. Things are going well. Then, you know, what did I do? Same things. A lot of us are told in single. You got to buy, you need passive income. And you do that by buying houses. So I bought dozens and dozens of houses. And that was like the biggest lie in the history because it is an absolute like terrible process. Uh, managing those things, owning those things, dealing with the tenants. Even when I'm dealing with third-party property managers, they'll spend, you know, I had, man, I had it happen. They'd spend my money. Like there was a hole in their pocket. Anything I'd pay a hundred dollars for to go get rehabbed or remodeled, they'd spend $300 for. I mean, just, it wasn't their money. They didn't care. So it was really, really tough. And so, and again, I, you know, eventually uh, oh, fix and flip has always been good. So we've got that, that end of the business dialed in. We still do it today. I'm not very involved in that end of the business today uh, because it's, it's dialed in our bread and butter. And so I eventually stumbled into a commercial property and that's how I eventually got on this. So sometimes, you know, you, you go down a path, not knowing exactly where it's going to lead all the experiences that you get, but educating yourself and, and always being for me, always being curious, having eyes wide open to go, okay, well, what's, what's that like? And how can I evaluate that? How can I better understand that? And sometimes it means understanding it to go, okay, got it. I know I definitely don't want to ever do that. And sometimes it means opening the door and going in. 
Yeah, it's just like, I appreciate you sharing because I think a lot of people now, um, because you know, we've been in this business a while and you're seeing people come in, they get excited and the last three years because of low rates and all the money in the system, everybody thought they were a genius. Yeah. Um, But also, you know, Crystal and I've seen the stories that you just said, a lot of people worked their butt off, made a lot of money and they're entering 2023 going, well, my marriage is in shambles. My kids don't like me. I made all this money, but what did I do all this for? You know? And I think a lot of people are um, having that conversation. I mean, the fact that you just sold your Remax that fast and made a decision is like, that's really hard to do. I mean, I'm sitting here in my shoes going, what I, wow, could I even do that? That's crazy. Um, But on the other side of it is where you are today. Um, And then I would like to kind of dive into, you know, where are you today? Like, what does your portfolio look like? Um, And what are you kind of focusing on today um, after you got on the other side of this? Yeah. So the portfolio today, you know, I'm a a somewhat a unique breed. I I live in Des Moines, Iowa. My comfort level is buying property in Des Moines, Iowa in my backyard or buying buying it with uh, partners in other markets. So uh, unlike a lot of people who you know may specialize in an asset and go market to market to market, mine is multiple asset classes in my backyard. I leverage your relationships, broker relationships, and relationships in the community. I've been here a very long time uh, and very active. And so I leverage those relationships. So what do I own? Um, industrial. I love industrial. Um, single tenant uh, retail. Apartment, of course. Mobile home park. We just uh, just bought one about 60 days ago our first property there, uh, office, medical office, own a um, self-storage facility with a partner in another another state. That kind of about wraps it up. I'm just going, I'm kind of going down the and list. I feel like of, you hit a lot of, of the all, assets. Of all, of, all, <laughs> of all the assets, right? I really yeah. love uh, what you say though, about being comfortable investing in your own backyard, because to be honest, we've kind of explored the idea of going out of the area sure. and it just isn't comfortable. Like I know which streets, which cross sections of the street sure. are good. Like you said, we know everybody, I don't have to start from the ground up, but there's a lot of people out there talking about doing all this research in different areas and buying out of state and doing all these things. And I've seen it, I've seen it work out really well for some people. And I've also seen people really lose a lot because you know, in times like this, when vacancy rates go up and then the management companies start having problems and then your expenses are already high, like it's just kind of a recipe for you to lose money and, and even possibly lose your asset. So I've seen kind of both sides of the coin. And this is kind of like that time in the market where I see a lot of these out-of-state investors that are having problems. Like for example, California people that bought in Arizona in the last few years, they're feeling some pain right now, you know? So Things like that. So yeah. I love that you say about investing in your own backyard there, hey, because you, there, you never know there, anywhere else like that. There's a home field advantage. Yes. Yeah. That's a good line. I like that. All right. You yeah. know, you know, you know, the areas you hit it on the head, you know, the streets, you know, the cross sections, you know, which, you know, what side, you know, you know, what side of the tracks is the right side of the tracks. Yep. Right. Yeah. And look, we don't have to visit our properties very often, but when you need to, at least I don't have to fly to Kansas or Texas or wherever just to go visit my property. Uh, So I think there's a huge advantage to that as well. But uh, I I love that because that's definitely our model and we we operate the same. Yeah. No, you get some scale there. It's uh, it becomes a lot. You're right. It's a comfort level, is it not? And so, you know, when I do buy within other markets, it's with another investor in that market who understands that market, who's leading that. Um, so we, again, we get some home field advantage. I can just get a latch on to, to somebody else and, and bring our skill sets to what to what it is that we're doing together. So are you syndicating as well? We, we are syndicating this year. Well, that's, that's our, it'll be our first far forte into into syndication or first step into that syndication process yeah oh that's exciting that's like another it's like a new chapter yeah it's a new chapter it's uh, yeah and it's we're excited about it so the intent is to increase our asset size in terms of what we're taking down and and do some syndications strategic syndications get the get the right investors so we can well you know we we're really good fit with one another so yeah, looking forward to it. I think it's a good time too, like in a market like this to to start an endeavor like that. I, you know, the last couple of years, I feel like is a little bit iffy. I've, I've even said, Hey, if somebody, if I was going to be a syndicator, I don't think yeah. I would start now, like in the last couple of years in a yeah. market like this is good. Cause then, you know, you can probably get your returns. You're getting a better price point. Yeah. 
you can probably refi into a lower rate down the road and do even better, all those good things. Well, I don't know about you guys. You know, I got into this business and ultimately stay in this business of commercial real estate. I just lump all, all the you know, apartment, whatever you want to call yeah. every, every all those asset classes into commercial uh, for passive income, for real wealth, for generational wealth, not to earn a living feeing people on asset management fees or acquisition fees as a syndicator. And so when I, when I, when we're buying things, I mean, I got real dollars at risk all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just have a little different lens as that I'm not going to ever ask an investor for, for something to, you know, present them with an opportunity to invest in that I'm not going to write when I'm not willing to write a check for to buy it myself. So a little, a really, little, yeah. little more conservative approach for, for, it just has to do with how I view these things and why I'm in this business to begin with. Well, and one thing I wanted to point out too, is just like everything that you've been discussing. Um, for example, I talk to a lot of people who are flippers and they just keep flipping and flipping and flipping and yeah. flipping and they never do anything else. And I say, it's kind of almost the same as just being a realtor, right? Cause you just constantly have to keep that machine moving. You're paying right. crazy capital gains, like all of yeah. that. But it's a really great vehicle to build your capital to start investing long-term. So I love that you not only have this side of your business that continues to generate more capital for you to invest, now you're investing in longer-term assets, you're diversified in the asset classes that you're in, you're in various markets, you have partnerships, and now you have syndication. So you have multiple income streams coming from real estate. Yes, but you have different sources of income and income streams, which I think is, you know, they always say like uh, CEOs or the, the you know, people, the, the most wealthy people have at least seven streams of income or something sure. like this. And you're really building out that entire foundation to have like a strong passive income source and sources for capital to still reinvest. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And then, you know, the cherry on the top of this, you know, uh, a lot of active income on the fix and flip side, right? And a lot of depreciation coming off the whole. Yeah. Yes. Right. That can offset the other. cost segs. You, you gotta believe it. Love it. Yes. Yeah. You know, one of the things you, you mentioned earlier and I was reading here is it seems like one of your strengths is, um, systemizing things, sure. hiring top talent. Yeah. And I think for, in the real estate space, as Crystal always reminds everybody, um, it's such an, you know, you go get your realtor license and boom, I'm in business. It's yeah. one of the easy entry levels of business. And a lot of them aren't successful because they don't know how to run a business. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to kind of like, you know, back up a couple steps, you know, what do you, when you're, whether you're building out a real estate team, you're building out your investment team, you know, if you can kind of walk us through, like, what are you looking for? Who are you hiring and why? And like, kind of maybe who's on your team today? Yeah. No, you hit it. Yeah. I, I, I like what you just said. You know, you get a, you get a realtor license and boom, you're in business, right? So in Iowa, it takes 60 hours, six zero to become a licensed agent in the state of Iowa. If you were, you ever had a bad haircut guys? Okay. Well, <laughs> it takes 2000 hours in the state of Iowa to be licensed to cut hair. Wow. Okay. That well, that crazy. tells you, that tells you like, uh, yeah, you're not in business and you, you, you wonder why a ridiculous percentage just don't make it. I mean, candidly, they're set up to fail. There's, there's no way around it. So, you know, what, what do I look for? And you, you, you hit it on the head. It's building a business structure. One person is not a business, right? you have it, you have a job, no matter what it is that you earn, you've got, you've got a job. So for us, it's identifying what are the key components of, of at business. And so for us, you know, we've got to divide it out in sections. Well, we need to, we need properties in the door. So we got to have some acquisitions, right? And how do we get leads? So sometimes it's depending on what, what one chooses, perhaps it's either you're leveraging broker relationships or we're going sellers direct. So we happen to do both. So we need a marketing we need to do some things on the marketing side. So who's going to do that? And then, you know, when you own enough of these properties, like infinite mail shows up and there's all sorts of things. So we need some admin stuff to be done. And then for us, you know, from a, you hit it on the head, syndication side, due diligence side, well, there's some roles and responsibilities there. So how do we decide who's going to do that? So oftentimes it's breaking that transaction down to, okay, well, what has to happen in the life of a transaction all the way from like, all right, how do we get to get a lead to uh, what happens after we close, meaning how we're going to manage the property. Right. And then within that building out job roles and responsibilities and knowing that those different roles and responsibilities have different personalities associated with them. 
for sure. Right? So, so you guys, I mean, being a leader in your organization, we wear a lot of different hats, right? We could probably do a lot of jobs, um, probably okay, but not all great, right? There's some things that we're predisposed to do exceptionally well. And so for us, it's getting that, getting the right people in the right spots that they're disposed, they're predisposed to doing exceptionally well. Yeah. And what is your stance on management? You kind of brought that up for a moment. Are you doing everything in-house or do you have third-party management? Yeah. Good question. Uh, primarily third-party management, all our triple nets are in-house. We have a building an office that I'm in right now uh, and everybody poo poos office right now. And I think a strategic office is, is going to be, it's going to be really well. I think it's well positioned. I think, you know, we're probably a little early on, on the big offices, but you know, probably within the next couple of years, I'm going to guess that there's, there's some stuff headed back to the banks. There's going to be a significant reset in pricing on the big offices. Uh, and you guys hear this in the headlines, the employers want employees back in the office. So sooner or later, there's going to be, there's going to be demand, more demand for office space usage than what, what we're seeing even right now. So we've got an office um, coming up on a year. We're a little shy, maybe 10 months, but it was 40% vacant. Wow. So in, in 10 months period of time, give it a significant facelift. And now we've got, we're 80% occupied. So 20% vacant. So I'm hoping, you know, late, late Q1, we'll, we'll kind of round out the rest and, and do a cash out refi on that. And, and for that one, uh, modify gross leases. We end up managing this one because I, you know, our, our team is here. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it looks like you have like a classroom set up behind you. Is this, do you do any sort of like classes there or like investor meetings or uh, everything we do? Yeah. Everything is set up here largely to do this kind of these types of conversations. Cause yeah. I like it looking nice and neat. Yeah. 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 We'll do. I mean, we do meetings out of the office. We do light, um, some light trainings in here, but nothing, it's it's still a pretty tight office, so nothing very significant. What's your kind of um because you kind of mentioned it a little bit, what's your what's your outlook on the market in the sense of uh what like what what are you looking at to change? Maybe it's inflation, maybe it's rates, and then what are you kind of thinking that you'll be hyper focused on as maybe as far as asset classes, let's say over just this 2023. Yeah. Well, you think back to 2006, five, six, seven, eight, what was happening in 2005, six, you know, this firsthand from being in, in the mortgage business, a lot of adjustable rate mortgages were, were written, right? A lot of arms were written. And what was happening in 2006, seven, somewhere in that range, uh, interest rates were going up, right? And so every, every time those rates go up, you wrote a three, one or five, one arm is that somebody had to go get repriced. You've got to refinance or you've got a bump naturally built into that mortgage. And what was happening at that time is that every time that took place, somebody's payment was going up by anywhere from 15 to 30%. All the payments were going up, interest rates were rising. Well, on the commercial side, unless you're in agency debt, most commercial real estate loans are written on three, five, seven, and maybe 10 year fixed rates, right? So that's about as long as it gets on the curve outside of some of the agency and some of the unique debt. Um, but a tremendous amount of money is locked, let's call it on a five to seven year basis. Well, we've doubled rates in 13 months, 14 months, right? And so what is happening, what I anticipate to happen over the course of the next one to five years is that when somebody has to go in and make a decision, they're up for a refinance and you're gonna be faced against uh, your interest rates doubling. And when a new appraisal comes in and has to budget for that new rate, is that you may find yourself either writing a check to keep your property or you're going to have to make a decision. Is it time to sell? Because you got an equity shortage. Banks are coming down and they're going to get, they're going to get tighter on underwriting standards. And I, I think there's a lot of people who will be up against that decision is do we keep a property or is it time to let it go? And maybe we don't hit our, on the syndication basis, a five-year number. It just looks a little different because the market has changed so fast, so hard. So where does that put us? Uh, good assets are going to be bought for us any day. So a good asset at a good deal. I'm a lock of debt as far out as I can possibly get. I mean, maybe taper my refinance penalties on a, on a three-year basis, maybe a five-year basis, but I'm trying to hit on a 10-year on a lock rate to give us some flexibility, no matter what happens in interest rates in the next one to five years. And so still inside of the same asset class, as I mentioned, I love industrial for, for what's transpired there. Um, but I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of really, I'll be strategic with the offices. 
uh, on the retail side, still again, strategic, because if we end up in a, in, you know, depending how deep the recession goes, that could have a significant impact on the retail side. Just so strategic on what that looks like, uh, man, and like apartments a lot, I'm just not going to pay for anticipated rent bump increases as I've seen a lot of people do. Um, that is, that's just not ultimately not part of the scenario in which we're going to discount back and pay for today. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the other opportunity too, like you mentioned is yes, the people who are on those like three to seven year, mm. uh, fixed loans, but also all the people who got bridge loans that were like 18 to 24 month yeah, terms, right. they're going to ride it out for now, praying that rates come down enough before that their loan term comes due. Yeah. And so those terms are coming up this year. Some are right. maybe coming up next year, but there's going to be a lot of opportunity there too. Cause like you said, people are going to have to write checks. Yeah. Uh, to qualify at the higher rate. And we're already starting to see some of that now with syndications where they're either doing capital calls to partners and then partners yep. are like, take a hike and then they're, sure. you know, fire selling the property. Um, so that's happened a couple of some already that we've seen. And I yep. think it's going to continue to happen for the next uh, year absolutely. or so. <laughs> yeah. No, I couldn't so. agree with you more. Rates aren't coming down anytime soon. The Fed's already said they've got a targeted rate. You know, they, they anticipate targeting 5% of the Fed funds rate. We're at four and a half ish today. Rates are going up. They're going to go higher than what they are today. So I, 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 I hear this a lot still on the residential side. I hear a lot. Well, rates, you know, you can refinance in a year. These rates are going to be down. Well, when they were at three or three and a half, it was the lowest interest rate since the 1950s. So what makes anybody think we're somehow coming down? We're still below an average interest rate over the course of the last hundred years. We're still below the average. So I, I think, you know, the pendulum swings both ways. We're just headed the other way. I agree. And it'll come back the other way. You just don't sure. know how, how much it's going Correct. to. I mean, I remember when I first got in the business, it was 2003. So six or six and a half was a really good rate. Correct. So now when people are crying about like, I mean, I can still get like apartment loans in, in the five and a half percent range, let's say. Yep. Yep. And people are crying about that. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's still a really good rate. You can't keep comparing it to 3% or whatever we were getting the last at couple the, of years. Hey, at the end of the day, isn't it a function of what you pay for the property and what the cash flow is? Yeah. I will pay, I'd pay 20% of an interest rate. What's uh, name the price you right? You got to name the price of the terms. One of the two, I'll pay you a 20% interest rate. Now I got to name the price of the property, right? It's a function of what, what does that look like? And so what we're still seeing is prices on property are relatively high in comparison to where interest rates are. You're still seeing cap rates. I've, I mean, I get stuff all, you know, just like you guys, I get stuff emailed to me all the time. I still, I, a bunch of stuff came in today, triple net deals, 6%. Well, I mean, you go get a, you go get a loan. You're at, five and a half to six, somewhere in that range on a five-year. So you're talking, uh, you might be at a 50 basis point spread over the borrowing rate on a five-year. Well, yeah. uh, and people are, it's still trading, um, which tells me we've got some, there's a tremendous amount of cash in the environment. COVID sent tons of money out. There's just a lot of the cash to burn through before we find, you know, more normal trading environment with, with the debt to equity component and cap rates head up. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I kind of tell people, you know, projection in residential is, you know, we hit a 5% on a conventional rate. I'm like, they're like, not three. I'm like, no, you're, we're going to be probably living at five, you know, and that's, that's good. And everybody's like, what? I mean, that's kind of the prediction here. You know, I don't think, but that moves the market that that's, that's okay. Like we just got so spoiled and jaded by these crazy low rates and it's hard to get off that, uh, you know, medicine or drug or whatever you want to call it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what? And, uh, all of us, I mean, there was a lot of, there was, there's a bunch of us got a lot of good out of this, but you know, at the big picture, they may have done a lot of damage to this country over a period of time. We'll see how it plays out. And I think that's, you know, part of that is they didn't move rates up fast enough. And so you're seeing the move pretty quick right now to get, to try to get the other way. Yeah. I mean, I think fortunately he did it really fast and yeah. I, you know, it seems he like finally did it. Yeah. He did it. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. I should have started earlier, but I think we're just going to have to live with it, but I don't, I don't disagree with him because he had to, he doesn't have a choice, you know, and luckily inflation is starting to come down because boy, it was just not doing anything for a while. Correct. Yeah. You're yeah. right. So let's jump into, I mean, you're obviously, uh, which is great is you've taken what you've learned and it's obviously, this is a passion and you're starting to, you give back to people, whether that's probably through books and podcasts and stuff like that. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about 
what you have going on with your books and podcasts or courses or whatever you have going on? Yeah. You know, the big one is, is that you, you guys ask some really great questions. You know, the one I get asked a lot is how do you even get started? You know, uh, I, everything came out of my mouth four years ago. I don't think I could say, you know, one-tenth of what I'm just standing now because I didn't know squat about commercial real estate, but I, you know, I, I'm passionate about it because I, for me, it's, it's opened up tremendous amount of doors and ultimately allowed to allowed me to live a lifestyle that all that's on my terms, right? Far more passive income, way less of that of like being a realtor or being a house flipper where you got to do and be there all the time to make sure all of it goes right. Um, and so, you know, last year I turned around and started sharing with people, how do you get into this business? How do I do my first deal? If you're successful, you know, in, in somewhere in, in real estate, how do, how do I get a bolt this onto my company? Cause you don't have to just automatically make a change. And so I do that through my, my commercial profit power challenge. We do a, a number of these challenges a year, totally free and bring people through and literally show them how to get to a spot where how are we going to even decide what asset class I want to be in? And then how do I, how do I go out and market? How do I find a list of property owners? Cause it's not exactly the same as finding a list of house owners. It's a little different. Yeah. So how do I get a list of that? And then how do I reach out? What do I even say to these people? How do I market to these people? And then what do I say when they call me? And then how do I quickly and how do I decide who I want to spend time with? So we developed a, what I call my capital multiplier quadrant, quick and easy tool that ultimately with four pieces of data, we can sift and sort and make quick decisions on who we want to spend time with, who this is a potential deal, or this is definitely a non-deal. They're going to ask too much. It's never going to meet our, our defined criteria. Um, how do we quickly evaluate it? How do we decide what to pay and what paperwork do I need to use to lock a deal up risk-free? And so in the challenge, I gave everybody just that walk them through in a very deep dive. So just in a handful of days, they're able to, to get a deep exposure to, to ultimately identify, you know, is this a path I want to continue forward with? Is this something like something I want to sink my teeth into or cool. I learned a lot and you know, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I want to go a different direction, but at least, you know. Yeah. And the other thing is, is um, your kids and your wife get to see you more. Yes. Yeah. No, I've got three active kids. So uh, all teenagers now, and it's, uh, it's tremendous. They're all in sports. They're all just, just in about everything. So it's, it's really cool to, to be able to, to, to plug into that. You know, my son, my oldest is a junior. So he's looking at colleges now and I'm like, this is, you know, in a, a year and a half, he's going to be good, gone. Wow. And so I, I'm sitting here like mildly depressed, if you will, going, oh my gosh, I can't believe because time flies. It's, it's, it's really incredible. Just, just tremendous. So I get, I get to appreciate the time. Yeah. Do any of your kids show any interest in being in the business with you? You know what? Uh, they, I think they like the idea of, of the investment side of things. They saw me as a real estate agent. All of them know, like, that's definitely not what I'm ever going to do uh, on the realtor side of things because of how the lifestyle I used to live. Um, but on the investment side, yes. I, I, it'll be interesting to see how it comes to, comes to fruition. You know, some of that I think will be, you know, go away, get exposed to what it is. And then, you know, in, as I, you know, as I fast forward mentally going, what's, what's my life going to look like in five, six, seven, eight years. And if they get out and get a real job and dad's living a very different lifestyle, I think that'll sink in at that point and, and look quite a bit, uh, quite a bit different to them there. I'll tell you what their favorite game is uh, rich dad, poor dad's cash okay. flow. That is absolutely their favorite. They love this game. And it is, it is unbelievable how much they love that game. So it's that's uh, amazing. It's my wife's out of town this weekend. So I know we're gonna play tonight or tomorrow night because they they just they love playing that with me. Yeah. It's cool because honestly, I mean, adults are buying the game just to learn. It's yeah. literally like that simple. Like buy yeah. the game and do that, and you will learn, right? Like it's totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, a lot of it's just reinforced. How do I get out of this rat race? And how do I start getting up here to this, to this passive income? How do I get right? How do I get financially free where my passive income exceeds my, my bills, my expenses? Yeah. I was going to ask you, um, the people that you're maybe talking to coaching, you know, are they, are they, Hey, I want to get financially free. I want to, you know, fire my boss or like kind of who, who is somebody that might be coming to you or learning from you? Like what, what kind of people, you know, I'm always curious with that because we're talking to people all the time and you know, what, what's out, you know, kind of what, what kind of people are out there looking to like get out of the rat race? Yeah, exactly. Well, I've got two, two distinctly different types of people. 
One is people who are in real estate, they're, they're doing something. They're in house flipping, they're in land flipping. Um, they're doing something that's active. That's, that's their full-time piece. Um, but they're not getting the results, right? In the sense of they're not getting the passive income, they're not living the lifestyle that they want to live. And so that's one segment. The other segment is W2 people, right? But it's W2 people with some exposure to real estate. They they have owned rentals or maybe they actively own rentals today. They they do real estate kind of, you know, it's the it's a side hustle, right? I love your hat, by the way. It's yeah. a side hustle, right? It's the real estate hustle. They uh they've got that going on the side and you know, it's four homes is not the same as a four plaques, right? Eight homes yep. is not the same as an eight plaque. So how do we get some more scale to that? How do we leverage, better leverage their time? And when your time's limited, you know, you, you want to hit certain passive income goals. You know, it's, it's harder to buy eight houses that produce correct cash flow than just to buy an eight plaques. And harder to hard. sell them. And hard you change out of them. It's yeah. a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. So when, when somebody, people conceptually go, yeah, no, I get that. Now, how do I get there? And you know, why people end up, you know, connecting with me or, or going further from a, from a coaching perspective, you will, it's, it's largely going, you know, I need somebody who's been there, done that. And that I can literally pick up the phone and call and show a deal to, they can provide direction with, because it's not about just about the deal you do that you, you get a home run. It's about the deal you do not do that'll wipe you out. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Dean Graciosi, he was on an interview with like Grant and he said, you know, one of the worst things he had experienced in his life, he had, you know, the, you know, the bottom fell out of the market, 2009, he, I think he bought 2,500 homes. And then he was like, it was like ruining his life to manage. He's like, now I got to sell them and get into apartments. And he goes, let me just tell you something. I wish I had, yeah. you know, uh, 2,500 unit buildings. He goes, it was the biggest nightmare headache ever. And I tell oh, people please. like you're buying a hundred homes and you got to sell them in exchange. I can then work. Oh my gosh. So, and also just like the puzzle of like exchanging and having enough cash. Like it's yeah, very yeah, too many moving pieces. Yeah. And I think, you know, cause just like, it sounds like you talk to a lot of people we do too. And what I noticed, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday that's, you know, trying to get into the game. And I think a lot of it is they, they have their full-time job and they have limited time to go research, learn, and we're full-time. And what I notice is that a lot of them are wasting their time on things. Yeah. You're like, I know you think that matters because maybe we did too, right. but it doesn't matter. Doesn't. Yeah. Right. And they're just, uh, you know, analysis paralysis or yep. just overthinking. And that was one thing I was going to ask you is, you know, somebody listening to this, that's like, I'm a realtor, I'm W2, whatever. Yeah. And I'm trying to get out. And I know there's the first step, but you know, what do you, what would you tell somebody like, Hey, look, like, you got to simplify this. What, what should they focus on? You know? Well, what you should do is plug into a framework that somebody's already created for you. Somebody's already been there, done that. I'll tell you, there's nothing I do. We, and we do a lot of new things here in my office. We're always trying something new, doing something new, but we don't ever create anything. We literally just go and figure out who's already got the framework. Who's already been there and done that. And I just copy it, maybe make a couple of tweaks as we go. I don't want to figure it out. I, I want to master it, right? I want to take something. Somebody's already been successful. Right. Success leaves clues. I just want all those clues. Right. So smart. Yeah. You don't need to, you're not reinventing the wheel. It's already been created. It, life's hard enough. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. hard enough. So just, yeah. just uh, every, and, and I'm, I'm in multiple masterminds. I, I, I'm a big believer in education because education is paying me back multiple times over. I, I, you know, what do the successful do? Take that education and put it in action. It must be followed with action to put it into place. And so I'm a big believer in that. What's your, um, I know you mentioned uh, you're doing, um, well, a couple of things we talked about. You have the yeah. podcast Real Grit. Yeah. And it seems like we talked outside this, that there might be some changes coming. And then also you're doing the challenges too, which I think are awesome. Um, another guy we know well, Pace Morby, you probably heard yeah. of him. He does yeah. it too. Yeah. And um, I think they're awesome. And I when I hear Pace's uh community, which is a massive one. People are always loving the challenges. It's yes. crazy. Like people I just met this last weekend, they're like, Oh, I love his challenges. So yeah. if you could just dive into like, kind of like your podcast and the challenges. Yeah. We've got a great community. I love, it's a lot of like-minded people who want the same thing. They want to be able to build real passive income so they can live the lifestyle, of their choice that and generational, you know, generational wealth. Right. 
And so I, you know, I think what we're going into, you know, we're headed into a recession. We're headed into what I think is going to be the greatest opportunity opportunity to buy commercial real estate because I think we're going to see tremendous deals and increased deal flow that we have not seen in decades. You know, right now, you know, we've got inflation. It looks like, you know, the mid eighties. Yeah. And interest rates that haven't hit the mid eighties level yet. So it'll be interesting to see how that, you know, where we end up going. And if we end up getting there, what will happen is even better opportunities will exist for those, for us to go in, buy, lock opportunities up and, and sit and wait. You know, generational wealth is built through times of recession. Absolutely. Huge companies are started and created during recessionary periods. Right. So it's, uh, I've always said it's easy to get rich when times are really good. It's hard to get wealthy. It's easy to get wealthy when times are bad. It's hard to get rich in that short period of time. Right. So wealth is built through tough times. So uh, commercialprofitpower.com, that's our challenge. So folks can find us there. Uh, and it, tremendous community and uh, a lot of really good things there. Yeah. I wrote a book a couple of years back, Unicorn Hunting. So that is a really my uh, was a labor of love to put that in there. You know, for me, the the single greatest investment I've ever made inside of my business is in people. People have paid me back far more than any building, any property we've ever purchased individually. And so for us, it's about how do we attract the right people? How do we build the right culture? And that's what that book is all about. It's about attracting absolutely what I call, you know, you may call them A players, I call them unicorns, the absolute perfect person for the, for the exact role inside your business. Yeah, that's all. That's all. I agree. We, we have a saying here, it's relationships over transactions. Mm. So we really just focus on clients. Something goes bad. I'd rather do the deal for free because long-term, you know, they're going to remember that, refer that. And it's the same thing. Like you said, is just taking care of people. And I think Crystal and I, the more we've been around people that um, are out there doing podcasts or programs are willing to, you know, spend their time to, you know, give stuff away. Like we are here, um, because we don't get paid for this. Technically, this does come back tenfold and we're, sure. we experience that too. And that's why I encourage people if whatever you do, if you know something, um, shame on you, you should be get, teaching people, right? Like yeah. it's just, it's the, it, that's the world we live in. Well, the, uh, we, we are in a society that that it's really changed over a period of time. It used to be, you know, if you if you harnessed all the stuff, all the knowledge and everything, you could exploit it all. I think we're in a, we're in, a in a spot today where the more authentic you are, the more you give, the more you get. It's just it it really is that simple. And so yeah, you're right. I get to share that too on the, on, on my podcast, Real Grit, which we are rebranding here in the coming six weeks or so. So it's totally commercial focus as my. It's really my my business and our office and, and my life has evolved to being far more commercial focused than than house focused inside of our business. And so that really is a reflection uh, that changed the reflection of the directory in which we're headed. Well, Neil, um, this has been super awesome. Um, I would where can people find you, learn more about you best way? Yeah. You know, the best way you can find me on Facebook, Neil J. Timmons, uh, commercial profit power. If you want to plug into the challenge, those are going to be the two best places. I'm on LinkedIn too, but you know, Facebook is probably the absolute best place to find me. And so we, we, you already brought this topic up. So we ask uh, a question to everybody, our final question. Yeah. Um, we, I always love the answers and I'll be curious to see yours, but what is your definition of generational wealth? Generation. What's my definition of generational wealth? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> Got a lot of cool answers, like not expected, you know? Yeah. 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 We were just talking about it, you know, with you. Uh, yeah. 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 No, you hit it on the head. Uh, mine's going to be very technical, I think in, in a financial sense. So I don't think you're going to get a cool answer out of me. Uh, you know, I, when I think generational wealth, there's one family in town that comes to mind who, I, I think they're on the third generation to this point. There are seven trusts, seven heirs to to that, wow. and uh, you know it's all they own a tremendous, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of square feet of property, wow. and they continue to grow their portfolio. Right, the 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 trustees, you know, receive checks, distributions. That's how they live. Now they a bunch of them do other things inside of real estate, various things, some not even in real estate. Um, 
but it continues to grow. So for me, it would be laying a foundation, you know, a, a wealth that, a, that transcends me and continues perpetually. Uh, you know, what I, I, you know, I named my, my investment company, Legacy Impact Partners. The intent there is my legacy is the impact I have on others. So it's not just dollars and cents for my children. It's the impact that I got to have on people like you inside this community um, from a knowledge base standpoint or my ability to go share with other people to, to move their dollars and cents needle. That ultimately is, you know, is my intended legacy, which is why I literally put it on the sign to go, all right, I put it there. Now we got to live it. Uh, but that's my definition from a, from a wealth standpoint, from a generational wealth standpoint. I like that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, Neil, um, we really appreciate the time. Um, you got a great story. I was not expecting that um, you're going to show up to your house and the uh, car was, yeah. uh, cause it wasn't in here. The car was packed and your wife's going to leave. And that was a pivotal yeah. point. So yeah. that was, uh, that was cool to hear. And um, congratulations on like, you know, selling your business and making an impactful move in your life. And now you're here, like kind of living your dream, but while you're doing that, you're still married and you have your kids and yeah. I think, others. yeah. And you're paying, impacting others. So, I mean, mm -hmm. kudos to you. No, thanks so much. You guys are you guys are really good at this. I, I you guys ask excellent, insightful questions, and uh, I appreciate you for what you guys do because I know um, I I still plug into a lot of podcasts, and I know from the uh, being in the audience, you know, in the audience, if you will, conversations like this and really good hosts and really good questions really go a long way from 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 a listener standpoint to to impact what it is that they're doing and along their journey. So thanks yeah. for what you're doing. Awesome. Well, so appreciate much. the time. Yeah. Thanks so much. Well, cool, awesome. Thank you. That was really good. You guys are good. Thanks. Well, yeah. You know, almost a couple hundred episodes you should figure out by now, right? <laughs> I hope so. We sure hope so. Yeah. Yeah. We went back one time. This is probably like a year or so ago, but we like looked back at our first few episodes and I was like, oh my gosh, can we just delete those? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, that's good. It's where you came from, you know? Yeah. No, no, it's, uh, no, yes. I've got some of those in there too. The guest makes a big difference. I don't know about you guys, but some, some sure. while I'm like, yeah, guess makes a difference. No, sometimes you're like really having to pull. Yes, like, I know. Crystal's like, you're, you know, like I'm like, boy. And so, yeah, and I do like it too. We like, you know, when I interviewed, you didn't put it in your notes, which is cool. Like we interview people and some, there's some pivotal point or something in their thing. And it's like, oh, this is great. You know, it's like, cause yeah. a, a reader, I, I, why I mentioned that is we know people that had great years, but it's amazing how many people in the last, year or so had a lot of family issues divorce or yeah. cheating or just not focused and it was and you know and that's our struggle too is um we work a lot and we have help but we're like we need to be home at five we need this and we try to hold each other accountable we're like what is another deal or another this or that at the end of the day if you're yeah. divorced and your kids are like my parents suck it, it doesn't matter no you're you losing the game of life right yeah yeah, so yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Under connecting all the actions that you do from nine to five, if you will, to your why is imperative. Understanding yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, well what I, can I do to help you guys? I don't know, you know. I would like to know, yeah, like I whenever you're kind of putting this out to your challenge or things like this, posting, then be just let me know kind of your schedule. I think that'd be helpful for us to get it out. And um, I do appreciate any of the promotion that you plan to do with this. That's always yeah. helpful to, to help Absolutely. build our audience. I'll probably just tag, I'll probably just post something today just on my personal Facebook and, and make sure we're friended up and tag you guys in. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. What hey, what do you real quick, what do you guys what kind of real estate are you guys in? Multi family. All right. Sounds good. And how many you guys have? Uh, we have like 50 units ourselves and then I'm yeah. passively invested in like, you know, 550 units or something. Cool. Do you guys do other people's podcasts? Yeah. All right. Will you be on mine? Absolutely. So uh, I would, I want you to be the first person on our, on our, on the new version of the podcast. Cool. cool. Cause yeah. we're going to, it's yeah. You don't know exactly where you're at is exactly who I want to be talking to is exact. Yeah. We would have a really good conversation there. Yeah. We have a fun story too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Well, cool. All right. So what I will do is once, once I, once we get a little further, I mean, give me a week or so, cause I know we're working on graphics and everything. I'll send you a calendar lead link and we'll get awesome. it on the schedule. Awesome. Well, have a good weekend. Stay Thanks, warm. Guys. Appreciate you. Yeah. 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 Good. So I'll see you guys soon. Thanks, okay. Thanks so much. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.